Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome. It's Rory, and you are listening to the Hero Project podcast and YouTube and Facebook and wherever else you find this, but mostly podcast. Welcome. Hope you guys are having a great week so far. This is going to be another Tactical Tuesday, and as I hinted at last week, we are going through some tactical things that you can do in your business. We're going to talk about kind of the concepts that are important to talk about in sales. Some of the things that are uh, really, really just not done very well in today's day and age. Okay. Uh, Honestly, most of you guys out there are using 1980s sales tactics, high pressure, playing a lot of external pressure, and you've got to modernize your sales game. You've got to get into a mode where you can start to help people uh, apply their own internal pressure and start to uh, understand like why it's in their own best benefit and have people start persuading themselves to buy your product or your service instead of you trying to apply all this external uncomfortable icky pressure and so that's what we're talking about is is how to accomplish that how to do that and we are going to talk about something today called frame control so controlling the frame all right so again guys if you're not an entrepreneur that's okay this is just as important for you if you're a leader This is just as important for you if you are an athlete. This is a way to trick your own mind into being uh, more in control of your own day. When you control the frame, it means you can control the outlook of life. It means you can control your attitude. It means you can control your belief system. What are so many of the things that affect us on a day-to-day basis Sometimes we have bad beliefs about ourselves, don't we? Sometimes we have bad uh, limiting beliefs. Sometimes we have things that hold us back from doing the things we know we should be doing, but we don't do them, right? That's called self-sabotage. Well, frame control can really help you get better at that. Controlling the frame in which you view the world and in the frame in which you view yourself, okay? Now... What we are going to be talking about is how you can do this in a sales process. But remember, you are always doing this in your own life. And the point of doing this in a sales process, though, is like learning how to essentially in an ethical and non-icky way, like actually kind of have control over the prospect's mind simply because you have positioned yourself correctly so that they have respect for you so that they have uh so that you're on the on a level playing field with them and that they enjoy uh you know they they see your advice and your recommendations as having authority and giving them clarity right if you ever find yourself arguing with someone who you want to be a prospect or disagreeing or failing to get them over the line, this this could be something that could be extremely powerful for you. And I think this is maybe one of the most powerful things. Like if there's an X factor in sales, it's the, it's the idea that some people control the frame and some people don't. This is a, this is just, it's, it's huge. Okay. So we're going to go into it in frame control again. So I'm going to, I have some slides. If you're watching on YouTube, you'll be able to see those slides, or maybe I'll put it on, on Facebook somewhere or, or Instagram. I'm not sure. I don't really control that's where that stuff goes, but um, it'll be out there and uh, you can watch through this. So if it sounds like I'm reading slides, that's because I am reading slides. So 
let's go ahead and jump into it my friends let's let's take a look so frame control to to simply define it we're positioning ourselves in the sale right it's positioning so what is framing let's go into a little bit more depth it's the posture you take in the relationship right a sales conversation is the beginning of a relationship if you want to have clients for life who truly look at you as an advisor who truly look at you as 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 someone that they trust that is a relationship and so you have to take a posture in that relationship and you have to establish who you are and who you are going to be. It's the position that you hold in your prospect's mind. Okay, so can you get can you place yourself in the correct position in their mind? It's the position you hold in your own mind, right? Who do you believe yourself to be? How much confidence do you have in yourself? It's the position that the problem and the solution that you have to that problem holds in your prospect's mind. So can you properly flame, can you properly frame the problem that your prospect has? Can you properly put that into perspective so that they see your solution? And can you position your solution such that they would see it as the only possible logical choice that they could ever make? And finally, it's your own self-image. You have a frame about your own self-image, don't you? You see yourself in a certain way, don't you? You frame yourself, right? And this is the hardest one for people to get. Like, if you don't have self-confidence, you're not going to be able to project confidence in your solution to others, are you? Sorry, but it's just not possible. You can go back and listen to uh, the episode I did on, I think it was the E, the Emperor, right? When we were defining this idea of the hero project, the E, which stands for the Emperor personality trait. We talked about this concept of developing grace, in one's life. And, and, and really a lot of that boils down to like self-confidence might be worth a listen. So I think it was episode two. So, excuse me. Um, thinking about framing is thinking about yourself. Like, well, what am I bringing to this conversation? What am I bringing to this relationship? And that is the proper way to think about it in a sales context is this is a relationship. How are you positioning yourself for this relationship? Right? Are you are you positioning yourself that you're going for the one night stand or the marriage? Are you positioning yourself as you're just out for a good time? You hope you get the clothes, you hope you make the money, or are you positioning yourself where man, I hope I can provide for this partner. I hope I can be there for the long term for this partner. Two completely different different mindsets, aren't they? Are you positioning yourself um, like I guess I guess what I'm trying to say is like, are you selling like in a 1980s kind of like hardcore way, right? Does that not remind you of the slick Rick guy at the bar who's got all the good pickup lines and and is uh, you know just like pushing and pushing and pushing until he can get Sally Sue to go to bed with him? Completely different mindset than the guy who's like, look, 
it's still Sally Sue. She's still the apple of my eye, but I'm going to respect her and I'm going to, I'm going to care for her and I'm going to prove to her that I'm worth it. And I'm going to position myself as a leader and I'm going to position myself as, as worthy, right? Whatever, whatever it means to you, right guys, but like, or gals, but it's a completely different positioning, isn't it? Completely different mindset. Little quote here from David Ogilvie. The consumer isn't a moron. She is your wife. You insult her intelligence if you assume that a mere slogan and a few vapid adjectives will persuade her to buy anything. David Ogilvie, one of the godfathers of advertising back from the Mad Men era. And that's um, just true. Like, and, and 90% of the time, when someone asks me a sales question, even when I teach something like this concept, I will still get questions like, what do I say when, what should I say? What are the right words? Guys, there are no right words. Frames. You've got to create the frame. You have to position yourself. You have to build this self-confidence. Okay, guys, so I kind of want to set this up by kind of giving you an idea of some of how the how do the bad frames come into play, okay? Now, now let's, let's start this. I want to set this up by uh, talking about the commonalities between great salespeople. And I would also say the commonal, commonalities between great people because a great salesperson is a person. And I don't think you find greatness in anything unless you find elements of greatness throughout their life. It's very rare that someone is just incredibly one-sided and has nothing else good going on in their life. That's not to say that sometimes people who are great don't end up getting lopsided after they've achieved success, but it is extremely rare for someone to reach the pinnacle of any endeavor without being a, a really, really, really highly disciplined, excellent person, okay? So... Great salespeople are, are usually great people. If you're thinking in your mind of a great salesperson that isn't, I might suggest to you he's probably not as great as you think he is or, or she isn't. So commonalities, it's not personalities. Personalities vary. It's not their backgrounds. Backgrounds vary. You don't have to be an athlete. You don't have to be a you know raised by a rich dad or anything like that. Looks and gender vary, Okay. There's no, you know, some people think it's it's only men or, you know, or women have an unfair advantage or something. Like, there's great salespeople of both genders. But commonalities include, they are all highly, highly disciplined. You will never find a great salesperson who isn't extremely disciplined. All great salespeople are highly motivated. They will go the extra mile. They are competitive. They want to win. Every great salesperson is obsessed with self-improvement. They never rest. They never rest on their laurels. They're not happy with what happened yesterday. They, they, they want to get better, and they want to know where their weaknesses are, and they want to work on them. They have a very high sense of necessity. What is necessity? It's the idea that your client, your prospect needs you. They have an obligation to close that person, to help that person close themselves, to help that person get over the line because of how much their product is needed, because of how much their service is needed. 
they all have extremely high self-confidence. You will not find a great salesperson that has high levels of insecurity. And again, that can be cultivated. If you don't have that now, go back and listen to the second podcast. So let's talk about controlling the frame, how this works. Every sales encounter is a battle for frame control. One frame will win, okay? You're always going to have a winner and a loser. If you don't create and control the frame, your prospect will. Okay, they're going to create their own frame. They are going to put your solution into a certain box. You want to create that box. Whatever that box is, you want to be the one who creates it. And you want them to put their problem into your box so that you can define the solution. Okay, controlling the frame is about status, right? Who do they see you as? Are you of an elevated status or are you of a, of a, of a lower status? Controlling the frame is about owning the conversation in their head. This goes back to that box that I was just talking about. Do they put you into a box? Well, then you're not controlling the frame. They are, they are in control of the frame. They own the frame. If they put their problem into your box and you explain to them the solution, well, then you control the frame, don't you? Controlling the frame is about this idea of inception. If you've seen the movie, right? The dream within a dream where they can place the idea in somebody's head, inception. Successfully controlling the frame means that your prospect believes it's their idea. Your solution, they're like, oh my gosh, I need this. Oh my gosh, I've reached the conclusion that I need you. That's what great frame control does. So let's talk about how this leads to mistakes sometimes. Okay. So trying to duplicate successful traits often does lead to mistakes. Cause when we look at how are these, how are these like these great salespeople coming across? Sometimes they have very strong personalities. These great salespeople do. And, and, and this will lead, um, you know, and there's, there's also a lot of subtlety that these great salespeople have that it's hard to pick up on, but it will lead to, to those of us that are weaker trying to emulate and, and we'll end up making some mistakes. One of those bad frames that you don't want to have is the assumptive expert frame. You just assume, you just assume the sale, uh, which option is best sign here or here. Right? It doesn't really work that well anymore. There's the asshole expert frame. You know, this is this is the overly controlling, like male dominating the 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 female in the sales conversation. Like, like I know better than you, little missy. The overconfident frame, very similar to the other ones, right? But like, like this 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 inability to to relate like you just have this overconfidence about you that you're you're clearly seem to be compensating for something like look at how awesome i am the false alpha frame really common right 
the old uh, five foot two salesman with with uh, small man syndrome, Napoleon's complex coming at you on the used car lot. I guarantee most of you have probably experienced that before. The needy frame, kind of on the other end of the spectrum. It's commission breath. Man, God, I need this sale. I just got to have this sale. I hope they buy. I hope they like me. You're needy. People sniff that out from a mile away. The puppy dog frame. This is like too much hype, too eager. You're, you, you know, it's like really common. Like you think that you just have to create all this excitement and, and get people hyped up and like be really excited about your product and, and, and you, you just piddle all over their feet. Like it just, it just doesn't work. Right. Uh, and then you have the worst mistake of all, which is when you just don't even understand that you're supposed to create a frame and that you are supposed to control this. You're not even conscious, conscious of the idea and you just like are just there. Right. And you think that people are just going to buy from you because you're a nice guy. Good luck. So how do you know if you don't have the right frame? What are some of the ways you can recognize if this is a common issue for for you? Well, first of all, you could probably recognize it because people don't buy from you as often as they should. But besides that, if you always find yourself having to answer to these lines of questionings that don't actually really lead to the correct outcome, right? Like they're asking you questions after you're, you're kind of like pitching them. Well, how much is this going to cost? What's my insurance going to cover? How do I, you know, can I just, can I just do this on my own schedule instead of the one that you propose? Like, well, just, you know, just tell me what you do. Well, how are you, just tell me how you're different. How are you different than anyone else? Right. It just, just look, just give me a quick rundown. I don't need to know all the details. Just, just give me in a quick overview. Right. Like then you probably have a frame that's just too weak. Right? You're probably not actually controlling anything at all. That person's just waiting for you to stop talking so they can get the details. Now, if people always agree with you, they don't have any objections, but they just need to think about it at the end, there's a very good chance that your frame is too assumptive. You know, it's possibly coming across too aggressive and assumptive, right? Because uh, this is very common in a, in a sales process nowadays is, is you'll basically get some kind of like, uh, kind of like a, a process where you're basically telling the person what to think. So you'll be like, well, this, 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 and this is true. Do you agree? And like, that's just not a really good way to sell because you're just forcing something down their throat and no one's going to disagree with you because it would be incredibly awkward. But they're not going to buy at the end because they don't actually have certainty. They're just saying yes because you're making it impossible to say no. Really, really common. Really common with old school sales tactics. Now, if people argue with you or they get frustrated with you being too controlling... Your frame's probably too strong, right? You might be in that asshole expert frame where like people really actually dislike being in your sales process. Okay? Cool. So what we're going to do is we're going to talk about two frames. Now there's a lot more frames that you're going to want to think about, but you can go for you can go to our free course to look those up uh, and get get some deeper training on them which is uh, brandlabtrainingcenter.com slash courses. Uh, 
slash double dash your dash sales. So um, there's two frames I'm going to talk about today that are going to be really helpful. The first one is the advocate frame. So you're advocating, right? You're never, ever, ever convincing or cajoling. You're never, you're never like trying to, to be overly forceful. You are advocating for that person to get their best possible outcome. Okay, you actually care about their outcome. So I, I, the, the way I would think about this is like you're literally the best parent in the world. Like you know and understand, you look at your child, you look at your son or your daughter, and you can see, man, like they have so much potential. And they are capable of so much. And you want to just lead them and you want to like, you want to help them understand what they are capable of, who they could be. And so you can't do that in a manipulative way. You can't do that in a forceful way. You can't do that in a way that, that, you know, makes them resent you. You have to help them understand who they are in their own right. You have to help them get a clear picture on that and help them like like start to see it in their own mind, don't you? So you have to help install that vision in them. And then you have to help them understand how to keep themselves accountable to that vision. Right? It's like true leadership. You're truly advocating for that person, for that little child to be the best they can be because you know who they could be. We'll do a series on parenting in a couple weeks. Just kidding. But maybe. You never know. Um, but that's what uh, that that's like the right way to think about it. Right? Because you're not gonna settle for anything less, right? You're not gonna settle for like if your son just wants to be a loser, you're not gonna be like, oh, that's cool, no worries. Like, whatever you want. Right? Well that well while that kid is under your roof and while he's under your stewardship, like you have a duty to help him be the best he can be. So you're really partnering with people in the sales process as an advocate. You're partnering with them in their own personal growth. Okay, so so what this really has to do with, like holding this frame, really what it has to do with a lot of the times is helping the client get real, true clarity on their root problem and then keeping your questions focused on helping them get there. Okay, so like, people aren't going to buy unless they get that clarity, right? So the next frame is the moral authority frame. And this is crucial because, uh, again, like you have to have your, your prospects higher purpose and their higher, like highest level outcomes, like the best possible outcome for them in their life you have to have that in mind. It can't ever be about making the sale, right? It can't ever be about how much money you're going to make. It can't ever be about those things. It has to be about them and them getting the ultimate thing that they say they want. Okay? You only care about them getting their outcome. And that's that you can stay and know and feel good about being in a place of moral authority when that's what you truly care about. When you're just like, 
focused on helping them get clear on their problem, on helping them get the, the, the see, you know, get certain about the solution and helping them get clear on what the path forward is, right? You have like a deep belief in your prospect, right? So if you think about this in life, a lot of times you probably have people that believe in you more than you believe in yourself, okay? Almost everyone really needs that. Most people need someone else to believe in them and to give them some belief in themselves because they actually don't have the self-confidence yet to believe in themselves. Like, so you gotta kind of have to have this attitude of like, you can do this. You can have this. You deserve this kind of, kind of an attitude of like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get you there because you can. Like, I believe in you, right? That's kind of the attitude you have to have to hold this frame, which just feels so much better than a frame of, I'm going to get you, I am going to trick you, I'm going to use a lot, I'm going to logic trap you into buying this, right? How much different is it to just like believe in someone and like have this authority because you care? Okay, so how do you hold this frame? Active listening, right? Okay, interesting. Tell me more about that. And, and why do you say that, right? Skilled questioning, right? So you know the outcome of your questions before you're asking them. You're very skillful. One question leads to the next. You're not just like jumping around, probing around because you don't know what to ask. And you'll fight for what's best for them. You're there to make sure that they are truly committed to themselves. And if you're watching on YouTube, there's a bunch of typos in this sentence. But you're there to make sure they are truly committed to themselves by ensuring that they align their actions with their words. How many of you as salespeople have gone through your sales process? You've done everything perfect. They've been in agreement the whole time. And then it's like, oh, yeah, let me think about it. Right. If you stay in moral authority, instead of panicking and being like, oh, my gosh, how am I going to get this person to buy? It's just like, OK. This person, you can understand and know like, OK, this person's having some trouble, like stepping out of their comfort zone. And, and it is now my moral duty to help them understand that their actions are not lining up with their words. They said they want to be one way. They said they want to do one thing, and now they're not, they're not backing that up with their actions. And so I know that they need help stepping out of their comfort zone. right? And then that's your moral obligation to actually help them do that, assuming that you're actually selling something ethical. Okay? So kind of to like, kind of like bring this all together here, the point of frame control, the, the point of, of, of controlling the frame and like how this works together in sales. And this works together in any type of leadership, okay? To control the frame means you can, you, within the context of the stuff we're talking about right now, right, is to help the prospect or to help the person you're leading get clarity, clarity on their problem, right? I understand what the issue is. I understand 
what needs to be fixed. I am clear on this now. Whereas like most of what stops people oftentimes is that they just don't understand what the issue is, right? So great sales is really about becoming a problem detective, a problem finder, right? So you actually search out and find and help help that person get clarity on what the issue is. When you can get them clear, that will lead to certainty about the solution or the outcome that you're that you're painting, right? When they feel certain about the plan or the solution that you lay forward, that's going to lead to trust, right? They're going to see you as the expert, as their advocate, you know, as their Obi-Wan Kenobi, if you will. Clarity leads to certainty, leads to trust, right? When they trust you, then they're going to have confidence in the outcome. And when someone is confident, they're not in doubt, they make decisions, right? Confident in themselves, confident in you, confident in the, in the solution, and they make decisions at that point, don't they? Now, here's the secret. Here's the secret, guys. Man, is all this easier said than done. Hate to tell you. The secret of all of this is that these frames can't be faked. You can't fake it. You can't wish it was true. In order to hold these frames, it has to be real. You can't teach these things, right? I'm teaching you right now, but that doesn't mean you can go implement this right now. You have to actually be these things in your life. You have to be the change you wish to see in the world. You can't ask someone else to change their life unless you are the thing that you're telling them to become. Right? So what am I saying here? It's integrity. And I firmly believe that. There's no great salespeople who don't have a a very high level of integrity. Their idea of integrity is is levels above the average person. And guys, if you're average in any area of your life, I would suggest to you that areas of your life lack integrity. You you don't hold yourself to high standards in areas of your life. You don't uh, you don't stay focused. You don't you don't work towards an outcome. You don't make commitments. And when you do make commitments, you don't hold them. Right? The integrity of your commitments is low. Great salespeople have integrity. And you have to be the change you wish to see in the world. All right? So, guys, this is interesting. If you like this idea of controlling the frame and and getting rid of these old foolish ideas about, like, just just badgering someone into buying and or or you know uh, you know you hang up until they buy you don't hang up until they buy or die uh, or you know whatever right if you don't like the 1980s sales stuff of of logic trapping people and and that kind of stuff jump into our free course it's totally free brandlabtrainingcenter.com slash courses slash double dash your dash sales. That's a mouthful. I'm sorry, but 
jump in there. You won't regret it. I'm teaching you guys how to do this stuff. I, I, you know, I would guarantee it, but it's free. So there's nothing to really guarantee, but I, I pretty much guarantee you're going to probably get an increase of 50% to, to a hundred percent in sales. Uh, a lot of you, if you're using old school sales methods, this is the answer guys. This is the answer. So um, hopefully this helps and hopefully this isn't boring. I sure hope this isn't boring to those of you that are not in sales. Uh, if you're not in sales, get into sales, man. Get control of your income. Sell something and learn the way the world really works. Nothing happens in the world of commerce until somebody sells something. So, um, you know, you'll have to hold yourself to a higher standard. You will get better. Get after it, guys. Thank you for listening. Hey, if you haven't left a review yet, leave a five-star review. Take a picture of that review. Make sure you you also take a picture of the fact that you have sub, sub, subscribed. I got a little stutter going there. Sorry about that. Send it to podcast at brandlabmedia.com. Get entered to win our consulting package. Guys, uh, thank you again. Looking forward to the next one. Looking forward to hearing from you guys. Talk to you guys soon. You're awesome.